So yeah, I think that's I think that's good. That's but good. I think that's very long. I think it's it a little be a long. Sentence. I think it should, should be, be like, a sentence um, or two. Welcome to the paragraphing podcast, where we read a paragraph. Uh, paragraphing no, no, is no, a back and be... forth, a story told one paragraph at a time. How about that? Yes, that sounds good. There we go. Okay, ready? So I'll start. Yes. Heavens, don't press that one. She was leaning over the egg carton, looming, you might say, looming over it, with her gloved fingers rapidly becoming ungloved, eyes agleam, ready to press the button that would send them flying, flying high into the stratosphere, if stratospheres are high enough for you. Maybe higher, maybe clear to the moon. This was all perfectly fine, of course, for her. She had that way about her, of pressing buttons now that depressed others later. But for me, me who was among those others, who was other number one, me, who had to deal with the inevitable aftermath. Well, I said what I could in the moment. I did what I could in the moment. Just a fraction of a second, really, before her twinkling fingers danced to the button with glee. Holy hell. The button was pressed. The ungloved hand quickly was regloved, and glee had so quickly transformed into horror. My reaction had been swift, swifter than her reaction. Ducking, I looked up to the heavens. Heavens, I yelped, as the eggs were flung upwards at a quickening speed. Like a rocket, they ascended into the heavens, zooming so fast they began to shed their shells. Holy hell, she yelped as the eggs split in two. Two perfectly halved pieces of eggshell fell atop her hair. The egg, white and all, kept its upper mobility until gravity, at last, got a word in, and the egg, white and all, landed onto a frying pan and began to sizzle. Twenty-seven months. It had taken 27 months, three weeks and two and a half days, to the minute, to the second, to that second, 27 months to get those eggs from the doting chicken who had laid them to this time and place, frozen in suspended animation, smuggled across borders, crossing and crisscrossing enemy lines, bejeweled behind jewelry boxes or carded in crates, at one point even doubling as the earthen eyeballs of a giant stuffed likeness of Ambassador Revevevesez. And now... Here, at this critical moment of truth, critical for me, for Macy, for the whole of human civilization, really, you included, she made of 27 months of travel a disaster like this. A, well, actually a quite stirring rendition of a traditional breakfast. Delicious, she cooed as she stirred the pan. Delicious, I shrugged, and she stirred some more. If the making of your last meal makes it your last meal, you might as well eat it. How do you like your eggs? she asked, flicking the eggshells from her hair. Flicking like it was nothing, like it was rain just fallen and sparkly as glitter. I just stared. Stunned, I tell you, absolutely stunned. I'd never been asked such a question in all my life. I looked at the egg, looked to the pressed and now depressed red button, to the red-handed Macy caught in her own act of rebellion, and I knew just what to say for once. I knew once and for all. Scrambled or fried, I asked. It was a simple, benign question that I thought she'd answer by breaking the yolk with a spatula or flipping the sizzling egg over to brown it on the other side, but instead, fast as she could, she flipped the pan over, egg stuck so tight in the pan by centripetal force that it did not move but continued to cook and sizzle, unfazed. The pan arched toward an unknown destination, still locked in her steely hands. Before I knew it, the pan was right where it least needed to be, and I had my answer. All at once, the eggs rolled out of the pan and landed splattered onto the floor, scrambled. The floor, of course, was cleaner than any plate could ever be, cleaner than any surface either of us had ever seen before. Titanium levitation did that, 
separating dirt and grime and essentially any impurity from its charged surface. Any impurity, that is, except the shoes and socks and feet inside them, the table and carpet and kitchen around them, pre-approved and pre-engineered to sit atop its charged surface. We were, after 27 months, standing here in this place, this particular kitchen and this particular home, the home of the ambassador's sister, for exactly one purpose and one purpose only, to test if the legend we grew up on was true to test if the only chemical substance to scramble their pre-programmed engineering defenses was as simple as the simplest scramble of scrambled eggs. For two decades, no genuine eggs had sizzled in this space. For two decades, chickens had been banished from the face of the known earth. That's how powerful the legend had become, to warp even the minds of the mind controllers, to strike fear into the griddles of the most elitist elite. And now, today, today, I said, we make our breakfast and we eat it too. Macy snatched a forkful of eggs from the floor, took one long pause, and then, with the biggest grin I've ever seen, tasted her breakfast. Well, I demanded, how is it? She looked around. Worried? Paranoid? What is it? I asked. Is everything? Taste it, she said, shoving a forkful down my throat. And suddenly I knew. Pepper, she said. I nodded. It needs pepper. Finding pepper was not going to be easy. If you thought scrambling a simple pair of eggs was difficult which, with all the preparation and the smuggling, it was no easy task, then you could rightly imagine how a pricey, hard-to-find commodity like pepper was a sort of difficult task that only crazed food enthusiasts with a penchant for wild adventures that always end with their heads in a basket after a long-lost battle with the emperor's guillotine would do. We were not that sort of food enthusiast, but the ambassador's sister was. She'll want the pepper. But since the fall of commerce and the economy, I said, we don't need a damned history lesson, Kelvin. Macy said, we need an idea. What you need, said Chevron, the ambassador's sister's personal taste tester. He always had a way of sneaking up on Macy and me that made us uncomfortable. He just popped up in the middle of our conversation and had no idea why we needed pepper in the first place. Yes, what do we need? Macy asked, rolling her eyes. A way into the black pepper market of Ulster. The black market? Macy asked. The black market for pepper? Chevron said. There is such a thing, I asked. Chevron shook his head disappointedly. There's a black market for everything, but know this, he said, wagging a finger. It's dangerous. An ill wind is blowing from the east. We don't need any weather advice from you, thanks, Macy said. Chevron shrugged and stuck a fork into the eggs to test them. He took a bite. Hmm, he said. Needs pepper. Meanwhile, while we were meaning to taste egg but tasted only the lack of tasty pepper, an ill wind was indeed blowing from the east. East, you see, was just out the window, a little bit to the right of the shrubs. Rhododendrons, these shrubs. And just to the right of them was all of the ill a body could imagine, decked in that preposterous tie-dye suit he insisted on wearing, with that hair slicked forward and ending in a wicked point, and those ears like square blocks of cheese, the ambassador himself. Ambassador Reviveva says, striding forward stridently in the fashion of a man of fashion, pride radiating from a, and I do have to admit, a charming smile and brilliant purple eyes. He took one slapdash look at his sister's home, at the kitchen at the end of that home and the window into it, the very same window into our present situation, pondering pepperless eggs, and he knew at once something was afoot. He knew that about the world, when feet had found their placement or hadn't, and of course he would know that, being the chief architect of titanium levitation. So before we could so much as duck or goose-step our way out of the way of that window, he had practically levitated himself inside into the kitchen doorway. 
Before we could so much as flinch, he was looking down all funny-like at the floor, where a likewise funny-looking chevron looked back at him, squatting, holding the fork, and where Macy and I braced ourselves for the end of everything. And sure enough, everything ended right then and there, the whole of our lives up to that point, just poof in an instant. In one fateful sentence, the ambassador said, I, <clears throat> I say, those my eggs, the best food of the best foods, he said with a wide overbite of a smile that nearly engulfed the top half of his face. We didn't know what to say. We didn't know what to do. Chevron displayed his ignorance by nodding and handing the eggs over to the ambassador. Have you ever had eggs before? Macy asked, knowing very well his most highness of highnesses had never touched an egg in his life. I do love a good bit of eggs. Love how they just sit in the mouth before you chew them. How they turn smaller once you take a few bites. How they get in your stomach in a pleasing way, the ambassador said. He was not a man of eloquence. Nothing showed his ineloquence more than when he took the frying pan in his hands, dunked his face into the bowl, and began munching on the eggs. He completely bypassed the fork. He lifted his head over the dish, stared very seriously at the three of us. He looked like he was trying to calculate which head he wanted to have cut off first. This needs something, he said, very displeased. It needs pepper. Have you had pepper before? Macy asked, knowing very well his most highness of highnesses had never touched pepper in his life. I do love a good bit of pepper, the ambassador began. He should have stopped then, because what happened next was something that was almost as rare as peppered eggs. No, you don't. The words were spoken, but the unspokenness of the words dampened their effect. Affected everyone. What? 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 All three of us, me, Macy, and the ambassador, this most unlikely trio, looked in unison in three directions, unsure of who had said what was said, and what was to be said for the who that said it. No, Chevron, Chevron of all people, Chevron, the taste tester who tests only the limits of spice, spoke. Spoke at the limits of speech. Repeated, no, ambassador, I don't believe you do like pepper. And at once, every gaze shifted from Chevron to the ambassador, to those ridiculous painted Easter egg purple eyes. The ambassador pipped. Ha! He popped. Ho! And then, all of a sudden, he snapped his fingers and Chevron was levitated, lifted clear off the floor and lying uncomfortably on his side on the popcorn ceiling. We all craned to see what would happen next. And the next thing we knew, he wasn't anymore. He was back on the ground, with us, safe as a baby, landing in a bed of feathers. You're right! The ambassador squealed. I love pepper. He clapped his delighted hands. Fetch me some. But, Chevron started, there isn't, Macy began, I require pepper. I shook my head. There isn't any, your honor, er, your honorable. Call me Reese Revivevices, he corrected. Re, I tried. Ambassador, there isn't any for five hundred, nay, five thousand, Chevron said. Five thousand miles, Macy confirmed. Then the ambassador hung there on that word. We all hung on it, as we might all hang by morning, until, then we better get moving before this egg gets cold. That's great. <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> In fact, reading this, I realized, wait, today's my day. I need to mark it on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, we did a little more than seven there um, because uh, we were a little behind in our as schedule. Always. As always, but uh, this way, the uh, the podcasting audience of two gets more. <laughs> Maybe three. Maybe three. Yeah. Um, so how many was that? Seven, eight, nine? I think there was nine of them. I think it was eight. Um, we don't know how to do I math. I think it was One, nine because two, I think... One, two, three, four, five, six, 
six, seven, eight. I think it's eight. Really? Yeah, because because I did. Okay, if it was going to be seven, you would have done four, and I would have done. Three. No, it's nine. It's nine. Heavens, don't press that one. Then holy hell. Then twenty-seven months. Then scrambled or fried. Then all at once. Then finding pepper. Then meanwhile, Six, then I say those my seven, eggs. Then no, you eight. don't. Oh yeah, 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 you're right. Okay. So I think you skipped the meanwhile one because it actually is a paragraph. Most of these are a little more. <laughs> yeah, these are all <laughs> supposed to be a paragraph, but that doesn't work when it becomes dialogue. So we discount the dialogue. Yeah, and I, you know, if you look back at my introductory blog. You'll see that when I was showing what the paragraphs looked like, I did show multiple lines of dialogue because we have to have a little bit of dialogue, you know, a little. I mean, it's it's an interesting line to draw in the sand because, you know, it's well, when I started, I, I did try to try to scram, you know, jam dialogue into the paragraph, but um, it just didn't make any sense that way. So there there are a lot of writers who would do that, and I don't like how they do that, but I do think that. The whole point of a paragraph is to is to complete a train of thought, and mm-hmm. that that is what we're doing here. We're completing a train of thought, even though we're doing it in multiple paragraphs. Really, it is just like one paragraph because mm-hmm. we're trying to finish a particular scene and steer it towards a direction. Well, right, which is we're always not, the fun part. Right, we're not trying to finish the scene because this scene has been going on for a bit. I mean, the whole thing is you might say is one scene. I mean, they're just, one scene, there's yeah. the, the main character. Uh, do we have a name for our main character yet? I yeah, I gave him a name it. up above. What was I it? named him, I named him something. It's an F, well, I think. I, it starts with an F, doesn't it? It starts with an F. I think. What it's is funny, name? we don't, I know Macy, I know Chevron, I know. Uh, I know the, the ambassador. ambassador. Yeah, I, I definitely did like, name him, not in Heavens. I think I did in Holy, in Holy Hell. Where's Holy Hell? No, it was someone saying his name. Yeah, it was Macy saying his name. So maybe yeah. scrambled or fried. Scrambled or fried. No, it's got to be Kelvin. Kelvin. Oh, that's a great name. Yeah, I love I, it. One of the, I it like kinda, it. It kind of fits. Macy, Kelvin, Chevron, and Ambassador Riva says. <laughs> Riva says. <laughs> I may never write his name out in any of my sections so, just so don't i don't have to it. read it and pronounce it well i have the character having trouble saying it as well so um so it kind of gives you an out there yeah i thought kelvin would be fun i do i, I like it why. well you know it's like it's like kelvin it's like temperature you know yeah i thought it'd be a fun little because i don't know what year this is but it definitely it feels either post-apocalyptic or pre now i feel like it's set between the 18 somewhere in the 1850s and also in 2037 or something like yes that. you know it's definitely the future if they have this um uh this titanium levitation thing so what are your what are your thoughts on what titanium levitation is here i am genuinely confused about that which okay. is why I didn't bowl over it. I don't know what titanium levitation so, is. <laughs> so my understanding of it is that it's a sort of military defense system. And Built the way, into frying pans? No, it's a military defense system that essentially will repel anything from its surface unless it's been pre-programmed and approved to be walking on that surface. So imagine it's like a floor, that the only things that will actually sit on it are the things that are approved. And if it's not approved, it gets ejected and, and, <laughs> and flown up. And so, reminds... and so the idea here with the eggs is that the eggs, there's been, this, there's been this story that the one problem with titanium levitation, the one thing that scrambles its defenses is egg, something about egg. 
something about the, the, the chemical content of eggs make it so that eggs can get through and fall on the floor unlike anything else. Um, and so that's kind of a scary thing from the perspective of the people who designed titanium levitation, the people who want to keep other people off of it and eject them because it suggests that if you just eat a lot of eggs or maybe if you, you rub some egg yolk on your shoes, you can get in where you're not supposed to get in. You can walk where you're not supposed to walk. Right. And so that's, that was the idea that they, they, that because of that, this government or organization or whatever had had kind of banished well first of all there was always this theory that eggs right there was a theory that eggs could do it but no one knew for sure whether that was the case right so that's my thinking that there was this history that grew up and that our main character grew up on um hearing that eggs were something that could um could get through the defenses and maybe that was true and maybe it wasn't. I mean, maybe the start of that theory was just a note that the people in power didn't like to eat eggs. And so someone came up with the idea, well, maybe that's the one thing that can get through. So maybe it's just a theory or maybe it's true. But as a result of that, after generations, perhaps, it, although I wouldn't think it would be generations if the ambassador's still alive and he created it. So it wouldn't be too long. But um, they, they even banished eggs from the world. They tried to get rid of all the chickens so there wouldn't be any eggs out there. So they wouldn't I be. I guess it's easier taken. to do that than to fix their design. All right, right, exactly. <laughs> you and know what? So, it would cost us an uh, awful amount of time. How long do you think it would co- it would take, Dan? At least two hours. <laughs> but what should we do? That's that's a long time. That lunch is in an hour. We don't have time for this. I know. You know what? Let's just get rid of all the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and so the That'd idea the idea here is that they had to literally um, spend twenty seven months. Getting finding a chicken and getting it there uh, to that place, um, yeah. and uh, to test it finally. And uh, for some reason, they're in the ambassador's sister's house, and here he is coming. I thought that was a brilliant move that he comes walking up the up the way. And um, actually, maybe that was my move that that he was coming. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yours. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where to. I think I didn't know where to go. Oh, wait, no, maybe I did bring him in. No, No, I think it was me with the meanwhile. I think that was that meanwhile paragraph. Oh, it was with the needs pepper, because it seemed like you were starting a direction where everyone was going to just go off and get pepper. And I'm like, but but pepper is is beside the point. The point is about these eggs, you know, pepper just makes it taste better. And so I was like, I don't really know what to say about this pepper thing. So (laughs) I I was like, well, why don't we just have the ambassador get there already and and we'll see what happens. Um, and now it looks like maybe they're all going to go on an adventure. I don't know. Um, I think I think my my um, big pet peeve in a lot of books is sometimes like I don't know what's gonna, what the plot is. So when I'm writing and when we're writing something together, I think it's always fun to to just get to the point, as in get to like oh what sort of adventure they're going to have and tell the reader like okay this is what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. I think we get there pretty swiftly. Yeah, yeah. I love. I, I love I, Go ahead. The adventure plot of trying to find something. If yeah. You, yeah. If you've yeah, that, ever noticed that in my writing. <laughs> no, and it's it's certainly, you know, in, in the other book that we wrote together is all about that. Um, Available on the Kindle for two ninety nine. And that book is called? This is Zoic. This is or to Zoic. Be, or to be mispronounced, this is Zoic. Zoic! <laughs> <laughs> I think that one sounds better, but that's not the way it's pronounced. <laughs> right, because it's a... Uh, Though you it, can tell your friends that's the way it's pronounced, it, if they it, also buy it's it. It's pronounced Zoic as in Mesozoic. That was the idea. Yeah. Um, 
like um, Paleozoic and all that. Not not Mesozoic. <laughs> that, that would be funny. <laughs> uh, the dinosaurs lived in the Mesozoic era. So <laughs> so um, we've talking quite a bit about the plot a little bit here. Um, what about the writing? You know what? Or, you know that's that's what this whole pair. You know half an hour here is is all about is is about the writing. It's about my writing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's about the writing. Yeah, so, I actually I do want to make a point, and I, this is this is a little besides the point. The point that I'm going to make is beside the point, um, and it's where I mentioned the smile. I can't. You can't do Control Find on Pages. Yeah, you Command F. That's what I did. I whenever I think of writing, somebody smiled, particularly somebody zany like our. Ambassador Rev. He kind of sounds like a car starting. Rev- starting. <laughs> yeah, he's revving up. <laughs> Rev. Um, I, I I always think the best description I've ever I've ever read about somebody smiling that's funny is from Alice in Wonderland, and I can never quite remember it, but it is when the um, when the Cheshire Cat smiles. Yeah. It smiles is so wide that it its uh, lips nearly meet at the back end of its head, and mm. I love that description, and I could never find anything. That tops that, but I really was excited when I had this one where it said he he said with a wide overbite of a smile that nearly engulfed the top half of his face. Mm. I just love the the that he has this huge underbite <laughs> when he smiles that it looks like the top half of his face is going to cave into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I it love took that. me the longest time I think to write was that was that sentence. Where and where does that appear? And, I uh, say those those my eggs. The best food of the best foods is at the top. He said with a wide overbite of a smile that nearly engulfed the top half of his face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I, I like the I like that a lot. Little smile descriptions, but nothing tops that that Cheshire cat smile. Hmm. Well, I I say um, for this, you know the the style and um, the style that I wrote in was definitely inspired by what we wrote in this is Zoic. Um, and the way we wrote there. And I feel like that style was definitely inspired by kind of that high PG Woodhouse style, you know? Yeah. Very PG um, Woodhouse, very AA a. Milne who wrote Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. and Douglas Adams wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm-hmm. with a dash of, uh, Bill Bryson in there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just this, you know, <laughs> everything is a little distressed heavens, you know, like, <laughs> holy hell. very... Everything's very over the top, exclamatory. Like yes. it's in the theater or something. Yes. theatrical. Everything's very theatrical. Yes, everything is very theatrical, and that's what makes it fun to read. I would say uh, it's very fun, colorful, fun to read out loud. Yes, very colorful. You know, nothing's really boring. Every everything matters. Every everything matters, especially um, the pepper. Yes. Um, uh, so I certainly enjoyed that, and I think the other thing, at least, and I did listen to uh, to the music from the. Um, uh, Jeeves and Wooster as I was, as I was writing uh-huh, a, a good okay. portion of it. Um, although there's a lot of singing in that, so you have to skip through quite, quite frequently. Yeah. But, a, there's a lot of singing, but, um, for, I, I also, another thing I like to do in this is to find ways to use words multiple times in the same a sentence. A lot of wordplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of wordplay. Um, you know, whether it's, and you, and you pick up on it as well. Um, with the uh, ungloved hand being quickly regloved. Um, yeah, my wordplay game is not as not as wordplay as yours. Mine is uh, 
but I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that particular paragraph. I think that's the paragraph where you mention, I think the meanwhile one, meanwhile, that's the meanwhile yeah. one has a lot of wordplay mm-hmm. in it. Um, so before we could so much as duck or goose step our way out of the way of that window, he had practically levitated himself inside and to the kitchen doorway. That's great. <laughs> you described that to me because it, sometimes it can go past you until you reread it again about the duck, duck, goose there. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's definitely ground zero for some of the wordplay, for sure. Um, but then you have to try to keep it up, you know? And I felt like in this last one, I wrote less, I wrote this one last night, the one, uh, no, you don't. Um, it, it, it seemed a little, a little tricky for me. Uh, it, it, yeah. it turned out okay, but... Um, but I definitely was struggling a little bit. Uh, the words yeah. were spoken, but the unspokenness of the words dampened their effect, affected everyone. I um, think nothing frustrates me more as a writer than finding a word that I'm writing have that red line under it. And yeah. it's very annoying. And I think that th- this um, uh, words change over time, everything changes, and a word becomes a word by being used. Mm-hmm. The fact that my computer is very much not letting me use that word it drives me crazy so i always end up putting dashes and i'm glad i'm glad that you don't but the no, dash I don't. Always stops it stops that red line i hate that red line no i, I don't just add it to my dictionary i didn't even know you could do the the dash no i don't i don't use a dash at all yeah you can put a dash between un and spokenness oh okay yeah so, so if go you, away if you like look if i add it right now oh shoot i almost shut off my computer Oh no, it doesn't go away on pages. See words, it goes oh, away. Oh, okay. So, so, but that's interesting. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, in writing, you just have to you're creating words as much as as you're yeah. using them. Um, so, if we look at this at this document here, obviously, "revaveva" says is not a real word um, yeah. that that would recognize, but that that makes sense. I'm looking for other red underlines. We've done pretty well here in not doing it. Um, "Pepperless eggs." That's certainly one yeah. that um, that is not used all the time unspokenness um yeah so Which it's i'm pretty sure people have used that i'm pretty sure i've heard that before at least in speaking but you know it's interesting um what was i gonna say oh my gosh what i was gonna say i lost what i was gonna say well you could say unspeakableness right um but yeah, unspeakableness would suggest that there's a quality to them that should not be said whereas unspokenness suggests that there's a silence in them Right, hmm. um, I think unspokenness is about silence, whereas unspeakableness is about the content. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't going for content; I was going for silence. Um, and also putting uh, it on there. I don't know. I guess unspeakableness would have done it, but but you no, want to you want to use works. right. You want to use the word that you used before. You well, want to use unspoken. Well, unspoken is a word, right? Rather than see, yeah, exactly. But I'm going to say it's like when you're writing, you should just use the word that fits, that works, yeah. that works for you, works for the story. It doesn't, every, you're fixing it as I'm speaking. No, I was just looking. Um, oh, <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> as I'm speaking, you're fixing it and saying, no, we're not going to use this word. <laughs> um, you're wrong. Uh, no, like, uh, you know, if that's how language changes, I mean, Shakespeare, his, his plays would have tons of red lines under it or, one of the one of my favorite poems. <laughs> that's a great uh, way. That's a great one of the image. Him typing his plays lines. up in all these red lines. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a real word. He's like, damn um, you! <laughs> you tabled the emotion. The the motion. You can't table emotion. You're using a verb incorrectly. Sorry, you're using a noun as a verb. 
Um, well, yeah, and I do have, I do like have that usage as well, off, but I don't have any usage, you know, spell check on. Yeah. But, uh, also like one of the, one of my favorite poems, poems is by, um, Lewis Carroll who did Alice in Wonderland and it's, uh, begins with twas brillig and the slithy toves did mingle in the wave. That doesn't mean anything. Hold on. Say that, say that without the, uh, uh, so I can hear a little more clearly. Twas brillig in the slithy toves did mingle in the wave. Yeah, I, w- I would. Uh, I would have to red underline that myself because I, I don't yeah, quite. Yeah, what I mean is that entire poem would be red underlined. Doesn't make any sense, but it's the feeling behind it. It's almost the sound, I would say. Yeah, but there, I guess there's the feeling. something. There is a feeling. There's, there. there's a feeling behind it. Yeah, that's true. But um, but I do want to say before before we close this up, um, uh, I would say that for writing these, is a different experience because I'm always either uh, writing it in notes. Sometimes I'm writing it in text to text you, which is don't, don't ever do that because you lose what you're writing. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do like that it keeps me writing because mm-hmm. for a little time, you know, as a writer, you always hit that lull where you're not writing. But having this every other day to write something to at least get my creativity out, is, it's really nice. And sometimes, you know, you might hit, hit a bit of a, um, a barrier, but... It's definitely worth it to to sit down, which is I'm just actually pep talking myself for when we get off this for me to write the next one. Yeah, well, no, it's true. You you have to keep you have to keep at it. You know, every other day you need that paragraph. It has to it has to. When you sit down to the paper, you have to. When you stand up, you, there has to be a paragraph there. Um, and uh, and I think the fun part of it is that we we actually um. Are, are approaching it in different moods, in different, you know, moments of our lives. So maybe you're feeling a little dour or glum, or maybe you're feeling a little more introspective, or maybe you're feeling more, um, you know, high-minded or, or not even high-minded, but high-pitched. Um, and you can bring that, you can bring that to the, to the writing, right? Like, like, um, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a, a quick repartee, right? Is that how you would pronounce it? What um, is repartee? Okay, maybe. And I don't even know what you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> a quick back and forth of the uh, of the dialogue. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be just a paragraph that tells us a little more about a character. Who is this? You know, kind yeah. of like I did where I kind of explained what this guy looked like. Um, it's interesting because you will be in different moods. You right. will, and I always find, depending on, on the day, some days I'm very much like, okay, I cannot write dialogue to save mm-hmm. my life. Let me write some narrative or and then the next day it's like oh i just want to do dialogue or you know i'm feeling gloomy so everybody's gonna die which no we haven't we can't do that no don't, unfortunately try that's not the one thing that. we can't do and you do and you do have that power now to go into the website <laughs> just, yeah, exactly it. i can go into the website and just end their lives <laughs> And the eggs were poisoned. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could just end it. Hopefully, hopefully this goes for a while. Um, it's interesting. We've done. I did a quick word count. We've done all of two thousand words here. Um, oh wow! But there's oh, been a lot of stuff that's happened for sure in two thousand words. Yeah, so. and there's uh, yeah, and they. But yet in that that amount of words, they still have not finished those eggs. No, they. How haven't. long does it tea day? To, how long does it take to eat eggs? And um, I think we're about twelve minutes worth of material as well. I was looking at the time. Besides all the times that I messed up because apparently I don't know how to read when I'm being recorded. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, 12 minutes. I, I would say those eggs have to be cold by now. I, that would yeah. be my guess. 
So I, I think the ambassador's Lord. a little off there, thinking that um, they're gonna they're gonna manage to get <laughs> to Ulster, which is in Northern Ireland, uh, not far from where you are. I would think. I mean, certainly is it not. In, is it in Northern Ireland? Yes, it's it's actually kind of the word for Northern Ireland. It's it's used to mean Northern Ireland. You know, it's funny. Is like that was a word that popped in into my into my head. So yeah, you're right. It is in Northern Ireland. Yeah, of I was like, of course he's gonna put an Ireland, Ireland thing in. There. I just like the name. Yeah. It's okay. a great name. Well, um, why don't we... I, we've technically reached the end of our 30 minutes here. Yes, um, we have. We'll have to do a little bit of editing. Um, can we just say for introduction purposes what this is? I, I think this is going to be called... I think we're going to have to say something like, Welcome to the Paragraphing Blog. A blog about paragraphing. Writing paragraph for paragraph, one to the next, something, something like that. <laughs> Welcome to the Paragraphing Blog, where you can listen to us read to you a paragraph that we wrote for ourselves that hopefully you will enjoy, but probably won't. Well, it, it's kind of And where like, we talk about writing. Well, that's like that line. paragraphs at a time. It's like that line by um, uh, Charlie Rose about Michael Crichton that I recently read in that great piece. That was um, a great piece. I tried to find that Vanity Fair article, Vanity Fair and magazine, and of course, it's the beginning of March, so I the, could not find the magazine. The line was... Um, I think he saw himself as someone who was finding a way to tell stories about his own curiosity, and it happened to be very entertaining to other people. That, that was, was a great line. Charlie, Charlie Rose, Rose is so, Michael Crichton. He's such a brilliant person. Yeah. I remember he summed up a, in an interview with Crichton. He did the summary of Crichton's book, and Crichton was like, he looked so <laughs> like shocked. He's like, can you write my descriptions for me? Because <laughs> he, he described it so perfectly. <laughs> um, Welcome back at this table. Yes, no, but I'm yes, happy to have you back at this table. Welcome. He's like a robot sometimes, <laughs> but he's a great one. Uh, all right, so... Please subscribe to oh, yes. our podcast, as well as go on to our website and read the stories yourself. You lazy yep. bastards, don't add that to it. So it's, and the website is com slash paragraphing blog. So that's A-R-M-I-S-T-I-C-E, armistice as in World War One, and then the word designs, D-E-S-I-G-N-S.com slash paragraphing blog. And it's spelled just as it sounds, <laughs> P-A-R-A-G-R-A-P-H-I-N-G-B-L-O-G. What is that again? No, <laughs> I was thinking when you said uh, armistice, like in uh, like in the word World War One, and designs, like in uh, uh, World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, sounds good. We uh, and uh, so we'll end it there, and we'll have to have some music, obviously, and then. No, that's. I think that's very uh, copyrighted. But, I think you're right. Um, you need to send me your audio, so you need to press stop recording on the QuickTime, okay. and stop then... It. Oh, <laughs> I stopped the wrong one.